0: Damn right, everybody! It's the Hoopercast. Welcome to episode 198 of the Hoopercast. I'm here. Dustin's here. I don't know. Is there it goes. Oh well, we'll see. We'll just let that one catch up. Phone number two five one three 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 eight seven three two. If you want to call and leave a voicemail, or just dial a phone because you think it's cool and you've never done it before, and it's secret, forbidden. You've never or dialed maybe, a phone before, or maybe you're like super young. You just <laughs> never dial a phone, right? Could be. I know when I was a kid, I used to think that phones were cool. Like I had a I had a bunch of like old cell phones of my dad's, and I was like, "It's a phone. Oh, it's a remote, and it's a, this a device." And then like ten years later, they invented the smartphone. <laughs> I used to collect uh, old cell phones so that I
1: could use them in movies, and yeah. like like I yeah. shoot movies, and we, we could just destroy a phone.
0: I had um I had like a I had a little briefcase, and it was meant for like art supplies. Mm. It was it wasn't like a real briefcase, but it you know clasped shut like a real ah. one. And um, in there, I had a bunch of like electronics I took apart, mm-hmm. and so I just had a bunch of like motherboards and wires, ah. and I used it as a bomb briefcase a lot. Oh,
1: okay. And you a lot took of my movies were and... like,
0: ah, oh, diffuse Yeah, I took it to school, got <laughs> expelled, and right, right, became a juvenile delinquent. <laughs> <laughs> but on the plus side, you got to meet Barack Obama. <laughs> <laughs> None of those things happened. <laughs> okay. Um, <clears throat> yeah. Um, no, I did the same thing though. I had just a bunch of plots I had like ripped up clothes in case like we got blown up or something yeah yeah because in the cartoons people don't get like blown to smithereens it, right. just, it just rips your clothes a little bit you get some dirt
1: you get some dirt on some soot on your face
0: yeah we didn't have like prosthetics or or any makeup for like you know what it, really happened you just
1: let out a single cough and then cloud <laughs> like a smoke
0: cloud comes out yeah instead of like blood right <laughs> <laughs> um all right dustin let's talk about the box office right off the top tonight we're not going to do film news tonight yeah if you came here for film news got a lot of episodes where we deal with film news but tonight we're not going to talk about it because there's not much going on to be honest yeah and uh and i'm trying to stay away from um some spoilers for um endgame. i went to the
1: theaters Um, uh yesterday actually and to talk to see a movie that we're about to talk about and um and they played the trailer for Avengers and so like I just buried my head and like closed uh, my eyes and ears and I was like no and like I was trying to like very quietly like hum or do
0: something so that I couldn't hear like Scarlett Johansson talking and I'm like
1: ah oh, stop it ignore this Dustin
0: you're the only person I know who would ever close your eyes and plug your ears when Scarlett Johansson is speaking oh it's easy man <laughs> It's easy. She she bothers me. I'm sorry. I, <laughs> Does
1: she? I, I know that there's a lot of people out, but n- yeah, I I don't I don't care for her.
0: <laughs> you don't care, really? Yep. Dustin, you truly defy type here, sir. <laughs> as as a male. <laughs> well, there you go. Well, that's 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 you. You're above the rest of us, Dustin. <laughs> she could be screaming at me, telling me that I'm, you know, Satan incarnate, and I'd be like, yes, ma'am. I'm sorry, would you? Just keep keep talking. <laughs> that's
1: a that's that's a bit much.
0: Uh, yeah, I don't know if I tolerate that. Maybe. <laughs> right, right, right. I do have some self respect. Right, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, number one is Shazam. It actually knocked us out of the number two spot. Mm-hmm. Um, Shazam is uh, debuted number one yep. uh, with a weekend gross of fifty three million dollars. Um, Total
1: gross of fifty six if you count the uh, previous screenings.
0: Okay, right. Okay, so there's yep. 56 million, and then for yep. a budget of 100. Oh, okay, that's kind of a high budget for that. Uh, that kind of mm-hmm. a box office gross. Uh, mm-hmm. Let's we'll come back to this. Number two, also debuting, uh, Pet Cemetery for Paramount, mm-hmm. 24 million, yep. surpassing his 21 million dollar budget. So good for them. So that knocks Dumbo into the number three spot, down from number one, 18 million. Got 76 million dollars total. Mm-hmm. For a 170 budget, that's not good. Um, and Us is down at number four now with a $13 million weekend. That's $152 million total gross. Third week in the box office, $20 million budget. That movie is doing great. Yes. Doing great indeed. Very much so. I so wish you could say the same for Dumbo. Which, yep. Yeah. Yeah. poor guy what's okay I need you to help me I need you to help me make sense of these numbers Dustin because the only one that makes sense like that seems proportionate that seems like okay this this makes sense to Mm -hmm. me is is Pet Cemetery? sure kind of like you know kind of barely surpassing the budget in the opening weekend but then you know maybe it'll get there Um, but all the rest of this I sort of I guess expected Shazam to have a larger opening with a budget that high Dumbo's got a disappointing opening and a just humongous budget which is jeez is Disney right. just banking on the toys for that one and then us is the only one where it's like hey that's hey that's, that's doing, doing great. well yeah, yeah that's what's great. what's yeah. going
1: on so it's really weird. Um, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read this quote here. Um, this is um, actually an article that I read earlier today. Mm. Um, but but essentially the quote is from, um, if I can find out. Well, it doesn't matter. Anyway, the point is um, the the box office for Shazam, like I said, total gross, $56 million. Um, the expectations uh, inside Warner Brothers' new line division was between 40 and $45 million. And that's what they thought they were going to get off of this thing. Um, so their expectations were low. They ended up surpassing expectations, um, not by a whole lot, but by, you know, 16 mil. Um, and, um, and so, you know, it, it's okay. And then, and then if you calculate the um, overseas market, which was 79 international markets, it's an, an additional 102 million for a grand total of $158 million opening weekend. Um, n- not bad, um, but, but not great for, for a superhero movie like this. Um, and so, so the question was why? Well, it, so I spent the better part of this morning trying to figure out something I could compare this to because, because really, if you compare it to something like Captain Marvel, it's the 20 something film in this franchise, it's going to have, you know, all of that baggage coming into it. Um, regardless of whether this is a well-known character or not, it's also been teased in the films that made billions of dollars right so so you've got all of this additional baggage kind of stored up so it's not a fair comparison but then if you go back and say okay well let's compare it to like aquaman well it didn't do as well as aquaman but then again aquaman had a much much higher budget um, i believe it was like a double or more uh, the budget of shazam um so then then that 56 million dollar opening feels okay um but when you compare it to something like um you know I, so i was thinking earlier like maybe something like an ant-man right it's a it's a lesser yeah. known character um but even ant-man even as early as that was Ant Man still had, you know, the le- the the preceding films to bolster it, and also the Marvel name, which is important. Um, Shazam has the DC name, which carries some good baggage, but also some bad baggage, and I think it's it's an untested field um, at the moment. It's something where going to see a DC film um, has not proven to be a hundred percent, you know right on point every time. So I'm curious. I think what, what I've boiled this down to is I'm most curious how it does next weekend. Um, because when I looked at it earlier this morning, Shazam had a 91 on Rotten Tomatoes. It's getting great word of mouth. Everyone that I know that has seen it, uh, talks, Positively about it. So my question is, is this going to be top of the charts again next week? Um, And if it is, is it going to have a similar weekend next weekend um, to sort of, you know, offset that that low ish um, opening weekend? I'm not sure. Um, it's not opening against anything super big next weekend, or, or rather nothing super big is opening against it. Um, so it has a chance of hanging on to the number one spot. We'll see. Um, but I think that's the, the main way to take this is... Um, is is this was not a disappointing total, but it feels low when most movies, I think even Ant Man had like an eighty six million dollar opening or something like that. You'd have to check my math on that. But um, but regardless, um, you know, for a for a film that's from a studio that is still hit or miss, for a film that stars no big name celebrities. Um, with the exception of maybe Zachary Levi or Mark Strong, which they're far from household names, um, and you know, without the, the the track record of preceding films that were actually decent and watchable, and having no tease from an earlier film, like it's not like Justice League had a tease for Shazam. Um, without all of that, it's hard to really make an apt comparison here. But but regardless, I think I think what what it's gonna be interesting to do is to watch it next weekend. Is it gonna hang on to the number one spot? Is word of mouth gonna keep this thing afloat? Because we all know that word of mouth is what has killed a lot of DC films in the second weekend. Um, so it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see what happens from here. Um, for all intents and purposes, the film has already turned a profit, um, which is great. Um, and you know we'll see. Um, I'm most excited because this is $100 million, I think the actual total was $98 million production budget it's relatively small compared to, um, something like any of the Avengers movies. I think, you know, age of Ultron was upwards of $300 million. Um, so, so $98 million is basically a drop in the, in the bucket. It it doesn't, it doesn't, it's not a huge risk, it's not a huge gamble Um, so I'll be interested to see what that means for maybe smaller scale superheroes getting their own films now on a smaller budget Um, because for so long it's been, we've got to pour more and more and more and more money into these things in order to turn a profit. Maybe this is the signal of a tide turning to say, hey, why don't we give a a film over to, you know, a small string character like, uh, you know, Blue Beetle or Booster Gold and, and 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 you know they, nobody really knows who they are, but we can sink fifty million in it, and maybe we'll turn a profit. Um, and especially once the the DC name uh, becomes more reputable, then you have that ability to do that. So we'll see. Um, I think I think the next DC film coming out is Joker, if I'm not mistaken. So yeah. there's. Um, there's potential there it had a huge buzz on its trailer we'll see how this how this goes um but, but i am super interested going forward what this means for maybe lower budget superhero movies um so so you know it could mean nothing but you know let's let's hope that it means something
0: yeah um I've de- it's definitely gotten you know positive um buzz um and i think people We'll talk about it in a minute, but I think people yeah. are seeing it as, you know, a continuing up, up like a positive trend for the DC movies. So, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's all good things. Yeah. Um, I don't really have an opinion of Pet Cemetery's, uh box office performance. Um, you know, I, I feel like that one's just sort of like,
1: yeah. It's it's about what we thought. I mean, it, it, honestly, for a film like this, it, it, they haven't really done a great job marketing it. I haven't really heard much buzz about
0: it. No one's been super excited about it. Did, did I tell um, you that they've been putting billboards up in Mobile for this movie? Yeah,
1: which is really weird because I haven't seen one. <laughs> well, um, sure helped sure helped them a lot. <laughs> I don't right. Know. Um, but yeah, man, Um yeah, it, it it is interesting though the way that this is has shaken up because I didn't know that I I kind of thought maybe Dumbo would hang on to the number 2 spot.
0: Um so I'm 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 kind of glad that Dumbo got usurped. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean like we we had that discussion last week about like we really do have to start like it's it's no longer like an elitist Position. uh, I'm speaking for for myself. uh, It's no longer like an elitist position to ask the question: Does this movie need to be made? Right. I think most people would be like, "What's the problem? Like, I like Dumbo. Right. Yeah, you like you like Dumbo, but you like that Dumbo. Why do you need a new Dumbo? And so now we're finally going to like start to get the question answered a little bit. Like, well, like, what if people don't come out to see these things? That's the only thing that's going to drive whether or not these things get made. Right. Or toys, I guess, toys too, which right. is just like the this, the grossest thing ever. Like, yeah, we right. don't care if the movies are shit, as long as we sell those plushies. Right, exactly. Oh, yeah. and they will. They will. They yeah. will. And they'll sell uh, little stuffed Danny DeVito's too. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I would buy four. I, w- of them. I would buy a few, yeah. I put like little bottles of vodka in his hands. Like, Charlie, (laughs) I wouldn't buy them for, for Dumbo purposes. No, just for, well, for what kind of purposes? (laughs) (laughs) Purposes. Purposes. Um, no, I. You know what? That's a, that's actually a, a fun idea. Like, I feel like Always Sunny. I feel like Fox or Disney now. I guess I'm sure they will. Now that they're owned by Disney. I bet Disney should put out like a box set of like Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like GI Joe style. That'd be great. Like action figures, just like there's just you know, um, you have all the little accessories with them and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like uh, for Charlie, it'd be like the the Dayman costume. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that'd be yeah. great. let's talk about next weekend. A couple of things are opening next weekend that might affect the box office or this coming weekend. Um, I'm looking mainly at Missing Link. Mm-hmm. I don't even know what Little is, so I don't. I'm just gonna assume that that I know what's what's what and what's hip and happening. And I have seen
1: I have seen Little, and it's is not not
0: hip and happening. Yeah, boy. Well, yeah. uh, okay. Well, so we'll skip that one. I don't even know right. what, what's what after is. It looks like some like d- d- dirty dancing Havana Nights.
1: Yeah, Weird. pretty this, much.
0: This looks like a movie cover that shouldn't <laughs> exist in 2019. This is like a 2006, right? Like right. sexy poster. Correct. Huh. Okay. It's
1: like step up to the streets. Yeah, poster. step up.
0: That's what I meant. Dirty dance. Sort of showed my true colors there. I know. Those <laughs> <clears throat> um, and, uh, Hellboy is the, probably the big one I'm mostly looking at. Although I don't think Hellboy is going to affect the box office that much. Hellboy might take Pet Sematary's thunder. Mm. I don't think it's going to overtake Shazam.
1: Yeah, I, I, it's, it's a toss up, but I, I really don't think it will. It's, you know, it just skews to a completely di- different demographic. Um, I just can't. I just can't see that happening. Um, and to put it into perspective, if you if you look at the original Hellboy, the Guillermo del Toro Hellboy, mm-hmm. um, its its lifetime gross was, uh, and this includes foreign markets, was ninety nine million dollars. Really? Yeah. Oh. Boy. Um, so it's got a bit of a cult following, and Hellboy two improved on that. Its worldwide was one hundred and sixty million. Um, But I just don't think there's a huge market for, for that, for that franchise. And, and this is the first one that's rated R. So Mm. either that's going to equate to less people seeing it or more. I'm not sure which, um, but I, I don't, I've never heard of any Hellboy fan who's like, oh, the original should have been rated R. If it was rated R, I'd go see it, but I'm not going to go see the PG-13 one. And like, so, so I just don't know who, who else is going to go to this. You know what I mean? Like... I don't know. We'll see, but yeah. Yeah. uh, Missing link. Now this is the one with Zach Galifianakis, uh, Zoe Saldana, Emma Thompson, Stephen Fry, Timothy Oliphant.
0: This has an 89%. This looks horrible. And it has an 89%.
1: Yeah. it, It looks really bad. Um, not sh- I'm I'm not big on stop motion. I mean I don't hate it, but I'm not I'm just not big on it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, I just don't know who who's going to see this.
0: <sighs> Critics apparently. Right. Yeah. Okay. Weird. Um. I feel like parents would be more likely to take their kids to see Shazam. Shazam. Yeah, I think so too. Yeah. Because we'll talk I, about that. I just don't think that stop motion like catches on to mainstream audiences. I just don't think they want to watch it. Yeah, like I I, agree. I, it's an art form that can be appreciated. Yeah, but like it really is now best served in Wes Anderson movies. You know, it's not super lucrative. No, and I feel like yeah. if you're going to go ahead and make it like for for like a low overhead, or you know, you may as well go ahead and get like a an indie script produced with that format, like Wes Anderson right. did. He's made two was two movies right with stop motion. Yes, Isle of Dogs yeah. and uh, Fantastic, Fantastic Mr. Fox. Fox. Okay. Yeah. Uh. Yeah, I don't see them raking it up crap load of money for that one. Right. Okay. Let's go let's let's take a break. Yep. We'll come back. We'll talk about Shazam and one other film uh on the Hoopercast movie hour. Yay. Woo!
1: Woo.
0: Back on the Hoopercast Movie Hour. Thanks for staying past whatever just played. <laughs> um, yeah. All right, we're back. Dustin, hello again. Hello. How was your intermission?
1: It was. It was fine. I
0: I, I took in a show. Okay. No, you didn't. Oh, okay. <laughs> Don't lie to me. <laughs> what show did you take in? It's it's
1: called uh it, it's called the Archipelago. What? That, that's the name of the show Oh it's about a group of people stuck on an archipelago and they build a boat and they, they build a boat out of each other like they are <laughs> they are the boat
0: and then they, and they set sail they build a, a people boat a people boat It's like in uh, 300 where they just build a wall out of bodies
1: yes <laughs> they just build
0: a body boat.
1: It's like the World War Z zombies that like create ladders with each other and stuff.
0: Like the, like the ants. Yes, yes, exactly like that. Correct. <laughs> All right, um, I don't see a way out of this except to just say, okay, let's talk about Shazam. Let's do it.
1: Baby Bats,
0: I choose you as a champion. Say my name so my powers will become yours.
1: Wait for real. THE okay.
0: Shazam! That's crazy, right? What are your superpowers? Superpowers, dude! I don't even know how to pee in this thing.
1: So Shazam is the story of a young orphan boy named Billy Batson. Uh, Billy Batson as the film starts is looking for his birth mother who he believes is still alive still looking for him He's just got to find her Um, But in the meantime, he gets whisked away to a magical realm called the Rock of Eternity Where he's offered a gift uh, from a dying old wizard named Shazam. The gift is all of these crazy superpowers and, um, and he takes it now, uh, initially, um, he is, uh, taken with his newfound powers, but soon finds himself Im- embroiled in this centuries old fight against the seven deadly sins here embodied by actual physical demons. And, uh, he, he has to fight against these guys all the while learning, uh, the main theme of the film here is uh, is that family is the most important thing, and you know all these good uh, wholesome tropes. So um, it's a it's a really really fun movie, um, really funny movie, and uh, yeah, I guess I guess what I'll do is I'll just jump in, give you my score, my rating right off the top, and then we'll talk about the movie itself. Um, so I actually give this four stars. Um, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Um, not perfect, but actually pretty darn good. Um, I had to search pretty long and hard to find something to nitpick or think, oh, this could definitely be improved because it's solid. Um, it has a great story, um, a great cast. It's laugh out loud, funny. It's got good direction, um, a smart script, um, like I said, just great structure, great everything. Um the 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 actual comedy here is now, this comedy is always subjective, um, disclaimer, disclaimer, but um, I would say is up on par with the humor in uh, like Guardians of the Galaxy. Those movies, I think, are the funniest of the Marvel movies. This is this is hilarious. I love the comedy here in Shazam, and it's played completely differently. Um, so I know a lot of people have said, like, oh, look, it's DC trying to make a Marvel-esque movie. But I really didn't think about Marvel at all. I feel like um It is a funnier superhero film, but it doesn't have the snark or the sarcasm that a Marvel movie has. Right. Um, This is very sincere, um, very heartfelt, um, and very much, uh, I would say, is focused on keeping this grounded in in a reality uh, that matters. And that's not to say that Marvel doesn't also ground their films, but there's a lot less of like, no, I think this was... More true maybe in phase one, but then as Marvel has progressed, there's less focus on how this is affecting the average person, the average citizen of these cities um, that are uh, attacked and affected. I mean, you've got a little bit of that in Ultron, but really after that, it's just you're just dealing with other super people and other government entities and you're not really dealing with like the everyman. Whereas there's like that waitress in the original Avengers, we kind of get to see a little bit from her perspective how uh, the Chitauri invasion is affecting that. Um, so so by that I just mean Shazam is grounded in that way. You'll You'll feel it from the perspective of a civilian um, which I think is refreshing because while, while I love these Marvel movies uh, of late, um, they are a little more grand and, and this is, this feels a little more real. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, you know, for those of you that don't know about Shazam, um, which I'm, I'm probably going to call him Captain Marvel at some point in this, in this review. And I'm sorry for that. <laughs> um, but that is his name to me. Um, he is not called that in this film. Um, he's not called that in the comics anymore. Um, the long story short, which I just love telling this story, so I'll tell it again. Um, Captain Marvel was originally created by Fawcett Comics, um, as a, basically a copycat and knockoff of Superman after Superman was so successful. Um, DC Comics, um, sued Fawcett Comics and actually gained the rights to, uh, I, to that character um, and to the whole family of characters. And so it wasn't long before DC incorporated them into their own universe, kind of reworked it a little bit, but um, said, look, if this Captain Marvel thing is, is selling and it's popular and it's doing well, we're just going to incorporate it into us rather than just absorb it and, and take it off the shelves, right? There's money to be made here. So they incorporated Captain Marvel into uh, the DC universe and, um, and it became it became a huge thing. It was it was legitimately a huge thing for a long time. Um, but uh, when they bought the or when they won the lawsuit and gained the rights to Captain Marvel, Marvel uh, got kind of antsy about this, and so they very quickly created a character named Captain Marvel, who uh, was Marvel, an alien from another. Uh, uh, Whatever and and anyway, so the point is, Captain Marvel, the Marvel version, was a rushed product simply because they wanted to be the first one to have a Captain Marvel. Um, they didn't want DC to have a Captain Marvel. Yeah. So, in so right, and in so doing, um, DC, while the character's name is Captain Marvel, DC was prevented from putting Captain Marvel on the cover. So the 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 comic itself was always called Shazam. When the D, when DC Comics relaunched in I think it was 2011 with the New 52, they uh, rebranded and said, okay, you know what? If we're just if we're gonna call the book Shazam anyway, let's just call the character Shazam. Right. Um. So so that's the way that that's kind of happened now. But throughout all this time, from I don't know like the 40s on, he's been Captain Marvel. So I apologize if I call him Captain Marvel. I don't mean to confuse anybody. Um, j- let's just assume that if I say Captain Marvel from here on out, I'm talking about this Captain Marvel, not Carol Danvers. Um, well, I'm not a sexist, but I will say that this Captain Marvel is a lot better. Um, <laughs> and um, and so, okay. So l- l- disclaimer done. Um, let me tell you what this kind of reminds me of is, is probably the best um, – comparison is uh, Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies. I was going
0: to say that this, that's what I've been hearing. And, and we mm. talked about how earnest the humor is. That's like yeah, the first yeah, thing I thought it's... of. Cause but this morning we talked about Ant-Man, like yeah, how yeah. probably the closest thing I could think of based on what you were telling me was Ant-Man. And then throughout the yeah. day, uh, you know, I was thinking more about it and you said, yeah, the earnest, is, the, the humor is very genuine and, yeah. and you know, and non-cynical Yep. Um, I was like, oh, you know what? That's I took out it's, my notepad here. I wrote down Raimi, Spider-Man, yep. and then yep. the word so, earnest. Like mm. earnestness is so integral to, to that movie that Peter yep. Parker goes and watches a play called the, Imper- the Importance of Being Earnest. Being Earnest.
1: Exactly. It's very no, on the nose, but that's 100% like a big right. part
0: of the charm of those movies. Yes, absolutely. And I absolutely. That, actually
1: yeah absolutely and 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 I found that I missed that and and I didn't even really know that that's what it was, yeah I mean, I mean, I knew that I, I wanted something that was a little more optimistic and 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 something that was more heroic, right? I think one of the strong suits of something like Wonder Woman was you know, she did heroic things and was a hero, yeah. um you know, yes, it gets muddy towards the end, and yes, some of the visual effects are kind of bland, but but at the end of the day, like you have a hero who stood is, for something. Yeah. And is being a hero. Um, and so you get that great hero shot of her kind of walking through the trenches and into no man's land and all that stuff. Um, and, and that's so super powerful. And that's not to say that Marvel, the MCU doesn't do that. They do, but, but it's a different flavor of it. Um, and, and so, so what this harkens back to is that Sam Raimi, or even all the way back to the Don or Superman stuff. It, it, it's so sincere. And, and it doesn't bother trying to paint the nuances of like, well, how would the world react to this thing? Like, what would the government think? It's it like Zack Snyder was so like, oh, they're gods and they're causing things. And, and was so preoccupied with, you know, the mythology and like this, this larger than life aspect of it. He completely forgot that these are heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and. The point is he made them into um, let me
0: just interject yeah, what, yeah. what was godlike about what he did with the with the with the characters is he made them godlike in that they were they seemed indifferent to he to, made, to what they were doing. He made them the Greek pantheon
1: yes, of gods. Yes, he did.
0: It was just we're doing stuff. It's not I'm not really that concerned about what's going yep. on around yep. me or who it's affecting. I'm am I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be fairly stoic when it comes to that. Exactly. Whereas a hero would be very concerned about the implications of their actions
1: and that's why spider-man always works um and and you know except for the Andrew garfield ones um but but why why that character works so well is because he's a he's a guy who wants to do what's right right and 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 true like that that's a harder story to write than a, a character who like you know, doesn't know and is unsure and is angsty like that. That's, that's so easy to write internal conflict. Um, but if you have a character who is confident and who knows what they want and what they need, um, it's a harder character to write, but it's so much more satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's not to, to downplay Billy's journey in this film. So um, there are shades of, you um, of the Spider-Man story here. And, and in fact, when my wife and I finished seeing this movie, the first thing I said was they kind of went to the with great power comes great responsibility, although they never said it. Yeah. Um, that that's so much what it is because, because what this is, is a 14 year old boy can say a magic word and become a man with incredible powers, but he still has the mind of a 14 year old. So, so what does a 14 year old do if he looks like a, a, a man and is a superhero. He tries to fight crime for selfish gain. He tries to buy beer and he also, uh, screws up a lot of things and puts a lot of people at in danger because he's just trying to make a little bit of cash. Yeah. And, and, and that's the Spider-Man story. But, but you know, you have to, what's great about this arc is that he's able to, um, you know, whereas Spider-Man um, kind of learns that so so early in the movie, it's oh, Uncle Ben's dead, now I'm a hero, right? This this sto- this transformation takes a lot longer in the film. But yeah, man. So w- I guess I guess the point is, um, it reminds me of the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies in that it's earnest, in that the character has a clear um, desire that they learn is not a proper desire. And then has to learn what they actually what they actually want, right? Not what they short term selfishly want. Um, and then, and then the other way that it reminds me of Sam Raimi is the tonal shift, right? So Sam Raimi was a, a horror director prior to uh, Spider Man, and likewise, uh, David F. Sandberg is or was a horror film prior to Shazam. So it's got that same thing where it's, it's earnest comedy and then it'll shift like on a dime. Yeah. To and and very it's serious. scary. Um, in fact, um, I have heard quite a few stories of people um, sort of a little angry with the film that it sort of, that they, they marketed it like it was something that, you know kids could enjoy and yet it has these like horror movie parts to it that kids won't enjoy and is probably really intense um i i i don't really care i, I think that that <laughs> that this is it's rated i mean it's pg-13 right so so you can't you can't be expecting it to be you know all sunshine and roses um this is just as intense as Sam Raimi's Spider-Man movies were, mm-hmm. um, and and I was fine watching those. Um, you know, I think specifically of that like Doctor Octopus scene in Spider-Man Two, where the doctors are going to operate on him, try to remove the tentacles yeah. from his back, and the tentacles just wake up and start tearing people to shreds. Yeah, right. Like that's um, it's super gruesome. I mean, you never you don't see anything. It's not like the tentacles rip somebody in half and there's a spine and blood and whatever. <laughs> but but. But it's implied, right? It's implied that these people die horrific deaths yeah. and, and and it's kind of scary to watch. Um, and it's the same thing here. Um, there's a lot of implied death and actually some that you see on screen and it's kind of gruesome. But yeah. um, but at the end of the day, um, I, I think, you know, if, if your child is 13 and probably honestly, you know, 10, 11, 12. I think this will be fine. I, I just don't think you should take a six-year-old to see this one. Yeah. Um, but, but um, but yeah. So, in in the tonal shifts and in the earnesty and, you know, all that stuff, it, it reminds me of those Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies or the Richard Donner Superman movies. Um, but, but I guess, I guess here's, here's what I really love about this film, uh, because I really do love this movie this movie um, is able to hit so many emotions there are heartfelt things there are laugh out loud gut busting funny things there are scary things there are actiony things and intense things and all kinds of things and and it's just a good well-rounded movie this is what I, I what We said, uh, you and I both, when we were talking about like the walking dead, this is a weird comparison, but bear with me, um, how the walking dead kind of like has a full keyboard to play with, but they only hit one note, right? This movie hits the whole keyboard. It hits the sad notes and it hits the happy notes and it hits everything in between. And it's just such a, a, a fun thing to watch. Um, and to watch a kid learn something and become a better version of themselves is always important, I think, um, and especially to a young crowd. So, so this is a movie that if I were 13, I think I would be absolutely in love with. Um, this is, this is that same type of feeling when I got out of the Sam Raimi, the first Sam Raimi Spider Man movie. Um, what was that, 02? Um, yeah, O2. I, I was so enthralled with that that I immediately went, I went from the theater to Borders bookstore and bought Spider-Man books. That's what I did because I was so captivated by that character. Um, and I think this would have had that same effect if I were that age. Um, and as it is, what I'll do is I'll sit here and just tell you how great it is um and it is it is a great movie i think if you have the chance to see this in theaters please go see this in theaters i think that it's it's important to to let dc know um if nobody else that that this is the kind of story we want um this is why when people talk about the divide between marvel and dc and which one's better why i always just say I have a preference, but the preference doesn't matter because they're just different flavors. This is the DC flavor that I've been craving that I have not gotten in a long time. Maybe since Christopher Nolan, I have not gotten a good DC flavor since. And, and this is the first one since. So, um, so I really, really appreciate that. Um, one thing that, you know, I always talk about with Marvel movies is the villain. Mm Um, I Marvel has done a fantastic job at at rectifying that problem um, lately. Um, This film, the first scene of the film is about the villain. Um, This is it. It it introduces you to the villain right off the bat and, and you get a good sense of who they are. Is it a little one note? Maybe. But the one note is is expensive like the motivation behind it is so well expressed that the, the fact that it's a single note doesn't matter.
0: Um, it's, I understand why you're this way. Um, I, I, and that was, I don't, I never dock a, you know, an, an, an origin story for, um, for a subpar villain anyway, because I feel like, you know, a lot of the story, real estate needs to be focused on the hero coming into their own. And it's a lot yeah. more like if there's a sequel to this, yeah, that's when I really expect like, all right, Here's established. Now they really need to be tested by somebody who's a lot more fully fleshed out. Which is why Doc Ock is such a great villain. Speaking of Spider-Man, exactly.
1: And and you know it's interesting that you bring that up because I'll talk for just a second about the future here. So um, I think. If DC's if well, if Warner Brothers is proud of the the success here opening weekend, then they'll likely green light a second film, which I, I really hope they do. Um, and, you know, granted, this this film is led by some children, you know, some younger guys. So they they need to do that quickly so that they don't age out of the roles. Mm. Um, but um, having said that, um, for those of you that don't know, one of the executive producers on this film is Dwayne Johnson um the reason for that is dwayne johnson always championed making this film because he wanted to play the villain the villain in question is black, black adam. adam if you if you google black adam you'll know why he wants to play him it's because he looks just freaking like him <laughs> uh and and so um and he needs to play black adam there's um, only
0: one small part that goes oh this is a bad idea though <laughs> Well, and it's only because is, he's it's only because he's saying I want to produce this. I look like Black Black Adam. I want to play Black Adam, and and the only reason I'm I'm weird about that is because if it was anybody else as like a yeah. as like a, as a producer, I'd be like, oh no, this is just your ego, right? <laughs> you right know? Correct. But I I do love The Rock, and I would love to see him play a straight up villain. I do too.
1: Right. And so here's, here, here's the thing. He, he put out a video on Facebook, uh, I believe, I believe this morning. Um, and, and he was like, Hey, you know, thank you for going to see Shazam. It's a great movie, blah, blah, blah. He did this thing. What he said, he gave a little backstory. He said, you know, it was a few years ago. He really wanted to play Black Adam. And, um, they started writing this movie where he would play the villain. And, and as time went by, it just wasn't working. And he kept trying to make it work. And it just wouldn't work because he's like, in order to flesh out my character enough, and and knowing that it's not my story, it was never going to work. It's two origin stories that need fully fleshed out characters in order to work, and we just don't have the time. And so what he did was he went to um, the executives over at WB and said, "Look, this is what I want to do," um, and I don't know if this is still the plan, but I think this is still the plan. Um, the, the very next film will not be Shazam 2. It will be a Black Adam film. This Black Adam film will be a starring role for, for, uh, for Dwayne Johnson. It will not feature Shazam. It will be Black Adam's film. Um, and then Shazam 2 rolls around with Black Adam in tow as the villain. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I don't know if that's a good idea or not. I, I really don't. It... it It's never really been done. The the closest thing that's been done to that is probably Infinity War, where you spend so much time with Thanos, so that by the time you get to end game, it's kind of like a thing. But that would be like if Infinity War was only a Thanos movie. Right. Right. So so this kind of thing has never really been done before, so I don't know whether it's a good idea or not. Plus, I don't know how well it'll work to say... Let's get the audience on board for rooting for Black Adam, and then boom, he's the villain in the next film. Right. Okay, well, do we do we still root for him, or do we root for Shazam, um, do we root for Captain Marvel? And so, so that's the question. I, I it's a, it's really up in the air, but talking about, you know, would they really need somebody who can test him? That's Black Adam. That It, it needs to be Black Adam. And whether he gets his own solo film in between, uh, uh, I could take it or leave it. But um, as for Shazam 2, it needs to happen. It needs to have Dwayne Johnson. He needs to play Black Adam. And they need to fight. And um, I, all that said, I'm super excited for the future of this character. And you know what? This... I, I'm excited for the future of, of the D, of the DC movies. If they take this route of giving me something that is um, sincere um, because all I've been spoon fed for so much of the last few years with Zack Snyder is pretentiousness, arrogance, ego, and a, a hefty tablespoon of like punching me in the face and telling me I'm stupid for not liking what he made. And <laughs> and that's absolutely unacceptable. Right. Um, and, and what I love about this is Zachary Levi is a huge fan and, and wants these films to mean what they're supposed to mean, which is inspiration, which is moral life lessons. Um, you know, that's what comic books are for. All, all the jaded neck beards out there can, can toss me under the bus if they want to and say, no, they have to comic book movies have to be mature and bloody and whatever. But I, I say comic book movies are first and foremost for youth and they should be, uh, tales of, of morality first and foremost that point to something bigger and better than you. Um, and 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 that's what Shazam did. There's a whole big world out there, a world of magic, a world of wonder, a world that you don't know. And and if you'll stand up for what is right, if you'll look out for other people before yourself and if you'll open yourself up to family and friendship, then then that's the best thing that you can do in this world. And um and that's what Shazam's about and I I approve this message. <laughs>
0: The, uh, somebody, I was, someone said something the other day about, oh, you know, DC over Marvel, because it, it was the Joker trailer that, that dropped, and yeah, they were talking yeah. about, oh, DC greater than Marvel, and I was like, okay, you're high, you know, I I was trying to say, you know, and their excuse was, um yeah, you know, I agree, disagree, I just, I just really, I love the darkness, and I remember thinking, like, that's not what DC is about. That's not what it is, and it's just like there's right. a difference between like, like I don't consider those films like dark and good. It's just like that to me. It's like you're taking what Marvel's doing and you're just running the other way just to be different, and you're gonna and you're and you're gonna accept that because you have no alternative except to like what the masses like. So you're gonna yeah. have to run the other way and say, oh no no, but I, I do like this thing. I really do. Okay, why? Yeah. Uh, it's because it's dark. Yeah, yeah, but it's not. And like you said with with Zack Snyder like being punched in the face and being being told you're stupid for not liking it it's almost mm-hmm. like i sort of like to think of it as i'm being i'm he is insulting my abundance of intelligence right because i don't like his dumb thing it's like you you're, you're right. just stupid bro i'm smart you're not Correct. Here, here's here's the thing. If, if this may be an oversimplification,
1: but Marvel and DC are both comic books. They're both after the same end
0: goal, and to me, that end goal is optimism. And it's they're an not optimistic even optimistic view of the world. They're not even in competition with each other the way that people think they are. No, I don't think the studios not. hate each other. I don't think that no. the directors. You got one. James Gunn's working for both of them. You think that guy what, wants to you know But this goes back to Stan Lee.
1: Stan Lee Stanley actively like talked about how much he liked DC. He wrote for DC. He did a whole thing after, you know, he was Stan the man. Uh, DC was like, "Hey, do you want to like come over here and work on some of our characters and he's like yeah i'll do some one shots sure. for you and and he did like uh it, it was like a whole line called what if stan lee wrote batman yeah and he rewrote the origin of batman and he did it for superman and wonder Woman, a green Lantern, and all these people and then he did all of these comics in fact oh, i don't know if you guys can see this surprise this is superman versus spider-man stan lee's all over this thing um the there's not a competition like there always is like people always think there is it's it's they're both after the same end goal which is an optimistic view that good will always conquer evil where they differ to me and again this may be an oversimplification where they differ is that marvel is more science based dc is more mythologically based it's 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 science versus faith essentially and 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 that to me is the divide now regardless of what side of the fence you come down on i'm a marvel guy i'm a dc guy It doesn't matter because at the end of the day i believe that most if not like a huge vast majority of people like characters from both sides you i think you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody who loves superman but hates spider-man right and, and vice versa um i i think that People just like these things. Like if you go to any comic book shop and you say, who's your favorite DC character? And they say, oh, Green Lantern. And you say, who's your favorite Marvel character? And then they go, Iron Man. It's because they like them both. Right. There's not a divide. And so anyway. Eh.
0: Yeah, I, I, I want to. I haven't seen Aquaman yet. I'm, it's on my list. Um, you know, and Wonder Woman was better than most of the things that DC had put out before then. So... I mean yeah. just based on critical buzz it seems like D- DC and Warner Brothers is trending up. That re- that new Joker trailer looks really good. Um it does. and so the only thing I will say about you know the Shazam you know IP is that this would sort of break their new trend of we're not going to do any like universing. We're not. Yeah. I guess yeah. unless it like it proves profitable then we'll we'll do sequels but we're not going to like universe sure. share that much. Um but I also see a right. trend where if people thought that if people receive Joaquin Phoenix's Joker really well, I can see that guy popping up in Matt Reeves' Batman movie. I can see them at least talking about it and being like, well, look, he's yeah. well-received, and you got a Batman movie coming out. I mean, that's just what they're planning to do with Black Adam and Shazam. Right. You know, so, I mean, I, what would stop them from doing that except Joaquin Phoenix going, look, I don't want to do, like, nine of these. And I think I think on that one, the timeline is weird, but um, right. where
1: – But, but yeah, I see, I see the point like, like, and and I feel like um, maybe the smartest thing for them to do is to label Black Adam as a sequel. So, so instead of calling it Black Adam, right, you call it like the Shazam saga Black Adam or something like that. Like, I don't know, but you know what I mean? Like, like tie it to Shazam and even bookend it with some Zachary Levi stuff or something so that, so that it feels like it's a sequel that is a spinoff. Does that make sense? And then when and you can tie him back in, it doesn't feel like, oh, it's like a whole totally different thing
0: that we tied in, but it's like this was always the intention. Yeah, or something. I don't know. I mean, I almost feel like it doesn't warrant having his own movie, really. I almost would watch like a, like a, like a, like one television episode. Like sure. Like picture it like 45 minutes of just vignettes of Black Adam's sort of, what like like whenever they do like a, Oh, like this week on lost, we're not actually going to show what happens next. We're going to show you like a month ago, this other yeah. character, um, and what they were doing for these first, like, like the first 40 days or whatever, the tail section people, it basically showed what yeah. they went through. Like the first two seasons we were just like, it's like, we're going to, we're going to basically microdose you know, with, with what, everything they did the first yeah. 40 days they were there and we're going to do it in 40 yeah. minutes and yeah. just do that with black Adam so yeah, like, I just have that. it, just have it not even be like a feature length film where you've got him like, Oh, I'm, I'm going to do this. I'm disappointed. Oh, this turns me evil. It's just going to be like a quick series of like what he's yeah. gone through so that when you do see Zachary Levi, you didn't really have to sit through an entire movie about the villain and then like get conflicted about your loyalties yeah. um, or be have a predictable ending. You're going to go, okay, at the end of those 45 minutes, I'm going to understand Black Adam. Having already known he's the villain, I don't really right. have to sympathize with him, and I don't have to watch two hours of not liking him. I'll just watch 45 minutes of understanding where he came from yep. so that I have yep. some context for when he shows up. I don't know, where, I, know what, I don't know how you show that to people, though, unless you just I, put it online. You just, you just say, hey, free on YouTube. The, right. the Black Adam uh, saga. You know, you know
1: what would be really interesting is to treat it like a movie serial and have like a 15 minute short precede the Joker or a 15 minute you know, episode pre- precede Wonder Woman 1984 or whatever. And, and then that way, you know, you're getting bits and pieces of it spread across all these movies. And then you kind of get like the people who are like, well, I gotta, I gotta go see Wonder Woman. Cause I gotta see what happens to Black Adam in that little preceding short film. Right. And then, you know, I don't know, that's a dumb idea, but, but you know what I'm saying? Like, like dole it out in some way. I think, I think, I think you're right. Like, like to do it that way would make sense. My biggest thing about it, like I said, is, is trying to get me to root for him and then root against him in the very next movie.
0: Um, I think I think that's tough. It, it is it, that that's that's what they're pretend rock and heart place. I agree. Like you don't want to just have him show up in the second film as the rock, but then again, like maybe you do. Maybe less is more. Right. You know, maybe you. I mean, heck, I I I loved Doctor Octopus. Yeah. But of course, he was a human being who was turned into a monster, so I had time and cause to like him. I don't yeah. think that's how Black Adam comes to be.
1: I think I think that I think that with Black Adam and and really with any sequel to this it, what they should do is they i mean they've got the core cast of characters they don't have to do any more world building or character building all they have to do is teach me about black adam so they can devote a large chunk of the film to black adam and then and then it's fine like it just sprinkle in some some healthy doses of billy batson and and I'm cool
0: um, you need so, to yeah. show. I mean, this is without having seen the film, but just structurally, sure. I would approach it as you need to spend a good amount of the first act building up Black Adam and basically having Billy Batson just sort of not stagnating but coasting. He's Shazam. Yeah. He's awesome. He's had some personal growth, and so like he's yeah. he's satisfied with his with his with his um, you know what's going on with him on the inside because you know we all know that when we improve a little bit, we kind of coast. Like, oh hey, I'm doing good. I'm gonna <clears throat> Stop doing the hard work for a little bit and just sort of enjoy uh, being better than I was yesterday for a little bit. Right, right. And uh, and and meanwhile, you have this looming threat of Black Adam, and so you're building a lot of equity with that guy. And you still have Billy Batson. You like him and everything, but you know, like he's not prepared at all for what's coming his way. So that when it does, he is forced to change and evolve and grow some more. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's how you devote all the real estate to Black Adam without taking away from your protagonist, who is inherently i'm just gonna go out on a limb. I have no idea of his character at all, who is inherently a fourteen year old boy lazy kind of probably intellectually i would I would assume he's not like not stupid I'm saying like he's not prone to being proactive about getting better sure yeah just yeah. again, I have not seen the film everybody, so I'm, yeah. this is just i don't know yeah, yeah, limb, yeah. but like it's not like it's uh steve rogers who like it's it's not like that guy's that guy doesn't rest on his laurels he's always like what's the right thing to do like he's always mm. you know in that in that it's, it, i i sort of liken yeah. it to uh to maybe my maybe like an iron man two tony stark like yeah he's if anything he's declining because he's preoccupied with something going on with him and it's not until whiplash shows up to where he's like oh there's a problem i need to fix right, right. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. Even then that's a poor example i think you i think you get what i'm saying dustin
1: yeah, yeah, I do. I, I, think, I think you're right. I think there's, there's plenty of, of growth to be had, but I think that, that you have to do that through the villain, and, and because of that, you can spend a fair amount of time with the villain and not the hero, and then tie their stories together near the end, and I, and I think that that's absolutely fine. Um, maybe. Maybe that would worry an executive who says, "Well, but if we don't give them enough Shazam, then they won't want to see the movie and and sure,
0: yeah, that's a valid thing. but you're giving them the rock in this place though
1: right exactly, and you're you're giving them something that will test Shazam, so when we do see him it's it's earned it's rewarded with good quality, not just action set pieces but character growth. And, and, and I think that, that that makes up for a lack of screen time. But again, I think that you can take a two hour movie and structure it in such a way that it doesn't feel that way.
0: Exactly. Um, exactly. If you're, if you're doing your job right, it won't feel that way. All you got to do is, is while you're, while you're showing Shazam or uh, uh, Black Adam, just, I mean, Shazam doesn't have to be doing nothing. He can be like sort of investigating like, oh, here's like a weird, B story I'm chasing or whatever, or the A story, but like, I'm sort of being a little blase about it. And when it's time for, Oh, a villain shows up. Oh, Shazam, be careful. It's like, yeah, relax. Like I'm, I'm the man and I'd be at the last guy. I'm doing good. And he's nearly killed, you know? And, and then he's like, Oh man, I got to really get my shit together and, and spends the second act doing that. And then almost doesn't do it, but then rallies and gets it done and defeats the rock, which is seemingly impossible.
1: (laughs) We'll, well think of a, a couple examples one think of the Joker think of the Dark Knight think of how how much screen time the Joker gets early in that film that, that the that Batman doesn't really get yeah only to have it then like snowball to a point where they're equal right and but but it starts I mean, you know, it's, I feel like it kind of starts Joker heavy, and that's okay. Um, or even Dr. Octopus. In that case, Peter Parker's story uh, intertwines with Otto Octavius in such a way that you get all of that backstory through the eyes of Peter Parker, so that when the transformation happens, you've already You've already known him, and the great thing is you kind of know him through Peter. And so and so that works. Or if you go all the way back to Superman 2, you have all of this stuff with the General Zod and his henchmen. And what's great about that is that is a super heavy villain or villain-centric first act, right? All you get of Superman really is that he's doing fine, he's taking Lois to the Fortress of Solitude, and They're romantically involved and that's great. Like it's, everything is good. We defeated Lex Luthor. We're great. And then, and then when things kind of, you know, hit the fan, um, it's fine because we get a really great stuff, really great stuff with Superman but we also have spent a good amount of time with Zod and his henchmen and we know them and we know what they want. So um, again, I think within a two hour film, there's plenty of examples that you can pull from where you can adequately examine a villain and um, and as long as that villain is memorable and tests the hero in a significant way, it doesn't matter that the hero
0: doesn't have a whole lot of screen time at the beginning. Agreed. Yeah. Well, that's Shazam, everybody. Yeah. In theaters now and for a while, I would imagine. Yep.
1: Probably. At least Woo. until Avengers kicks out. Yeah, no okay. kidding. <laughs>
0: yeah. But it's got a couple of weeks. Sure. Got... Dumbo will definitely be shuffled out first, I assure you. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, that's going to probably do it for this week. Um, uh, yeah, actually, I have an idea. I don't know if you... Did you watch The highwayman, Dustin? I didn't. Are you going to? Uh, I probably can. I, I I I wasn't going to. I wasn't. Mm-hmm. And then someone told me it was good. Okay. So now I'm like, ah, oh, damn it. Right. So I'm just going to do some logistics right here while we're on the air, if that's okay with sure, you. Sure, sure. Um, uh, we saw Paddleton. We did. I will probably watch Highwaymen, uh, you know, this week. Yeah. So maybe next week we can talk about Paddleton and Highwaymen. And Highwaymen. Sure. I'm, and, I'm, I'm cool with that. Uh, and then... Um, I'm thinking the next the 22nd I think the Monday yeah you want to take that week off
1: yeah I think I think that'd be fun and
0: then the following Monday is our Avengers episode and it's also our 200th episode What what yeah son all right so people we will be back next week we're going to talk about paddleton and Highwaymen two films on netflix so if you are considering if you're already going to see them then tune in we'll be talking about them if you're not sure if you want to hear what we want to say first then fine we'll be talking about that on monday so you should have an answer by mid next week about those uh about which ones you should check out or or both of them maybe yeah don't know um so cool all right and maybe we can get Kellen to join us for Paddleton. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. Yeah. It's a good thing he didn't show up tonight because we, we didn't get to right. it. Right, exactly. <laughs> we, yeah, we would have Matt damon him. <laughs> we really would have. <laughs> All right. Uh, that's it for the HooperCast Movie Hour this week. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Uh, I'll see you next week. See ya. Awesome. Bye.